This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. I'm here for it. Let me see what Shelley Williams feels about it. She's the author of Your Legacy, A Bold Reclaiming of Our Enslaved History. She's also a multiple Tony winner. We're going to talk about The Wiz. We're going to talk about Aida. We're going to talk about The Notebook. She's doing a lot of things. I'm so happy to talk with her today. But first, we're going to talk about this Trina Saucy Santana. Uh, (laughs) Shelley's like, I got to write this song down. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I hadn't heard it, but I tell you what, I'm all for this generation creating their own rules, speaking their own language. They need to assert their voice because they're going to inherit this mess. Amen. And, and so let me, they let need me, to take charge of it. Yes, ma'am. Let me officially wel- welcome you to the show. <laughs> Shelly Williams. <laughs> hey. Hey. Um, I was just looking up sex strikes right uh Uh and this this uh is in um conjunction this song with trina and saucy santana uh in conjunction with the dating app black blk so they are going full steam into this and as i'm looking up sex strikes throughout history ancient greece which i'm gonna say black people nigeria the Igbo people uh, in pre-colonial times black people colombia i'm gonna say indigenous people Kenya had a sex strike April of 2009. Women organized to do a week-long sex strike aimed at the politicians, encouraging the wives of the president and the prime minister to join in and, <clears throat> excuse me, offer to pay prostitutes for lost earnings. This is how serious they were in Kenya. Liberia had a sex strike in 2003 where the women of Liberia Mass Action of Peace organized a nonviolent protest using their uh their yes no more this to end the civil war <laughs> in philippines south sudan togo 2012 it seems like black women <clears throat> throughout history have understood the power of of that of that thing shelly williams and you you have your legacy which is geared towards young people but i know you also are a student of history and uh leaning into our power thoughts about that I think that when you have power and you know how to assert that power to make change, you should use it. And so it seems like, you know, there has been a galvanizing of for these young people in this song to say, y'all have some power. And this is the moment to use all the power you have to make all the necessary change that needs to happen. And I'm curious to know, because I don't know the history of, of sex strikes over history the way that you described them, how successful were they? Very, very successful. <laughs> so so clearly, well, there you go. <laughs> I've always said this, you know, uh, minus rape, which, you know, uh, it's, all, it's always something women have to navigate, unfortunately, you know. And yeah. Yeah. Um, the power that we have, you know, watching the, the Serpent Queen, uh, on on uh, stars and it's based on a, a book uh, a series of books that I actually bought because I was like oh this story again it's about you know navigating the power that you have which is usually you know in this relationship most of the wars are fought over you know men trying to assert their virility and to show how strong they are and it's you know it's this alpha male movement it's all about you know your virility uh, so what is that about? If it's not navigating, you know, the sexual prowess uh, and women, I think, have way more power than we've 
actually uh, leaned into, which is why, you know, when we look at Trump, I'm like, really, white women? Really? Really, this is what we're doing? Now look. Well, it's, a, it's not only the power of, you know, that we know we harness with our sexuality. It's the power that we harness when we work as a collective. And so, it, you know, it, that's to me where the real power is. It's coalesced around this one event, this one thing. But the truth is, is when all women say, this is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen. And that's what's been missing is there's been constant ways that continue to divide us. But when we come together and say, now it's time to change, let's cut all this out. That's when things are going to start to change and happen, you know, in this country and beyond. And when we're at that moment. I I was going to ask you if you were optimistic. We're talking with Shelley Williams. She is a producer, used to be an actress. She's now out here directing and doing all the things uh, in art, using art to deliver messages. Are you optimistic? I have to be. I have to be optimistic because I have two daughters that are 11 and 12. And so every single day I wake up and I have to believe that I can make a difference for their future. I have to believe that everything I'm doing is for the good of them. And I won't stop. You know, I, I, there's no way I could wake up in the morning and say, there's no hope. I have to keep fighting for that. And, you know, there have been constant reminders of what happens when we don't, um, when we aren't vigilant in our fight. You know, we see our rights getting taken away. We see the courts beginning to, you know, challenge everything from voting rights to affirmative action you know, things that were long fought are now being debated by a group of people that we know don't have our best interest at heart, that are not looking out for the best interest of this country even, but are looking, you know, very specifically about what they can gain from it. You know, questions about the court um, are are present and and realistic. You know, it, it does not feel like you know, if there has ever been real justice for black people, it seems like at this moment, it is the most questionable it has ever been. Mm. Oh, um, as yesterday, I, I was thinking, watching Kataji Brown Jackson uh, talk about voting rights and being so brilliant uh, as she yeah. invoked the 14th Amendment, gave a history lesson <laughs> yesterday uh, during the Supreme Court voting rights hearing gave a history lesson because she knows the history, but also it's very personal. I think about the Hillary Clinton um, miss and Ruth Bader Ginsburg thinking that she had time to be replaced by another woman and have the first woman president replace her. So that's why she held on, even though tomorrow's not promised any of us. So you take the opportunities when you can, but that would have been three Supreme court justices that would have been in the vein of a Kataji Brown Jackson three for life. Instead, we have Amy Coney Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh, and Neil Gorsuch. And now Katanji Brown Jackson. But there's no balance. Um, and I look up today in Florida, Florida athletes, women athletes will have to report their menstrual history in order to play sports. This is a, a new, yep, when they get their first period, when they had their last period, they're going to have to report that 
Uh, this is out of Jacksonville. Third party has access to that information. The parents and doctors are like, hey, this is uh, we're raising a red flag here. But imagine the implications of that. So what? So what? What, what are you doing? What are you doing? So if someone misses their period, because you know, there's there's a lot of reasons why, particularly athletes, uh, they're gymnasts, oh, yeah. they don't have their periods at all because they they don't have enough For body years. fat. Yeah. So what? What are we doing here? What? Why are we? Why are we looking at women's menstrual cycles in America in 2022? Come on, this is and the, and the irony is the irony is the same people that are that say that they're fighting for freedom are spending all day every day trying to figure out how to take away mine. That's the irony, is they say you know we need our freedom. It's you're stepping on my freedom. You're stepping on my liberty. However, at every opportunity that they can look at somebody else and say you don't have the might to to marry who you want. You don't have the autonomy over your own body. We, you know, all of these things, you, you have to report to us when you're having your period. I mean, what if this doesn't make you want to Margaret Atwood. Yes. Come on. If this doesn't make you want to vote, I don't know what will. Yes. And messaging hasn't been consistent. So the Democrats to me have failed uh, to deliver this is an outside organization. Stacey Abrams, outside organization, uh, Black Voters Matter, outside organization, had to come together, higher heights, outside organization to come together to register people to vote in mass. There's out, you know, but what's the Democratic National Commi- Committee doing? What, like, what are y'all, what is the Democratic Party doing to make sure that the messaging, like a drumbeat, you know, I mean, you had Fetterman in, yeah. in Pennsylvania had to go get Snooky. You know, like these are individuals now figuring yeah. out how to navigate these social media spaces to to clap back. And then no one could imagine Christian Walker. <laughs> it's like, what? I was like, was he hacked? What is happening? Uh, trying to, you know, coming out 11th hour doing a James Comey, you know, to up in his father's bid for the Senate. And I'm, I'm here for it. But that wasn't the Democratic National. They didn't pay him to do that. I wish they had. Uh, but no, you know, these are things that are uh, luck, but uh, you're, you're right. You're right. Um, there's so much. No, at stake it's, here. it's up. It's up to us. You know, I, I've known Latasha, you know, I talk with Latasha Brown all the time, but what Latasha and Cliff are doing are amazing. And, and she's not, she's, she's not waiting on nobody. This is, this is a black woman who's like, I ain't got time for them. I'm doing it because it needs to get done. That's why I love her. Because every time I turn around, she's like, look at my Black Girl Joy bus. And I'm like, Latasha, when do you yes. have time to do a Black Girl Joy? She never stops. She does. Yeah. Um, that, and it's when I see people like that, I understand what it means to love something so much in spite of its flaws. You need it to be better. That, to me, is what patriotism is, is to say, despite your flaws, I believe in this ideal and I know it can be true. So I'm going to make it true for every single person inside this country. Amen. That to me is what it means to believe in something, to have hope in something, to invest in something that is worth a vote to me. I, I, it doesn't matter to me, you know, what the Democratic Party does and does not do. They're always going to disappoint me. But I cannot disappoint my daughters. So I can't look for them to define my version of patriotism. I have to find that in myself. And it's not that I'm necessarily a patriot because I live in America. This is where I am and I need it to be better. 
So because I need them to live in a better place, because I need for them to have fairness for them, for I, because I need them to have justice when they need it, I need to work towards that. Mm. And I don't have daughters or sons, but I'm working for your daughters and sons. And I'm working for the daughters and sons that'll be here a hundred years after my eyes are closed because, because that's how that works, right? You that's work how that works. You plant, you plant the seeds now for the oak tree that will provide shade and, and for, you know, for the trees that will provide fruit and shade a hundred years from now. You plant now. And somebody did it for us. That's right. Somebody did it for us. Yeah. Let's take some calls and then I want to talk about uh, your legacy, Aida, uh, the notebook, the whiz. I want to talk about all of the things. Uh, let's go to Jersey, though. <laughs> Jersey Vince, thank you for holding. Welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. You're on. Shelly Williams is here, too. Hi. Hi, Professor Hunter. Uh, Shelly Winters. Um, Williams. Really Shelly Winters, is. It's, you know, she was on the t- P- Poseidon Adventure. What was that? Poseidon Adventure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Shelly Winters, but this is Shelly Williams. Yes. And she was a great swimmer, great Please. swimmer in that. Please charge it to my head, not my heart. Okay. Yeah, no problem. But uh, I'm loving the conversation. One is because, you know, our young women, especially young black women, need a level or an avenue in which they can um, get power and, and, and develop and grow and coming together with other women. Uh, so that she can, as you said, yeah, receive fairness and justice, also get a fair chance uh, in, in life and, and something to um, ease the blows of what society may have for her or try to do to her. But uh, one thing that you said earlier about coming together in power, it, I mean, it, don't get me wrong, I'm a married man and I love my queen to death, but I think that I am at my greatest power is when she is with me and working with me. So, so not only does it empower me, but I also use it to empower her, to her goals and dreams. And I think in, in, our, in the black community, we don't see that much of, you know, a black power couple. Okay. Uh, Shelly, you want to respond? I yeah, I, I don't disagree with your, you know, you saying that, Black men and women, that that incredible partnership is fortifying. You know, I, I don't think it has to be one or the other. I think I can grow and build community and have strength and get that from my, my you know, Black women friends as we grow and face the challenges that we navigate that are unique to Black women. And I also think that, you know, with my brothers and the partners out there, when you are growing your life with someone, that the power and strength that you gain from that can be fortifying as well. I do not think that it has to be one or the other. I agree. I wish, this is my wish, um, that we would come together as whole beings, having worked through our ish, not looking for somebody to help us get, you know, partnership, true partnership is too strong. People coming together. Mm-hmm. to build something stronger, right? To, yeah, to hold yeah. things coming together. I'm, you know, forging a I have two partnerships that I'm working on right now and we both are going to benefit from each other's uh, gifts and I'm excited about it and we're winning and this is how you win, right? Um, and that should yeah. be in love and business and everything. Community comes first and then we come together whole, 
not, you know, nobody should come in where it's like, oh, my rent's not paid and we got a business and now I got a dip from the, you know, no, no, be ready. Be ready. Yes. We have things to do. And don't jump into something and when you're not ready and then have somebody, uh, all right, I'm getting too personal now. All well, right, no, I, I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you saying that, Karen, because I believe, I always say when you're broken, you're always looking for the missing piece. But when you're whole, you're always looking for your match. And so I, I really do believe that as, as whole people. And I don't ever intend to gender what a partnership is because your partner should be whoever you choose to love. And that is your partner. And that's who you walk through life with. Mm. And your partners are your business partners, your life partners, your, uh, you know, and your community of people that you choose to be your family, that share your values, that share your wants, that share what you believe your core values, what you be, you know, what you believe to be true in this world that we want to navigate and grow together. And, and my challenge to everybody is don't be the weak link. Don't be the reason why. Like, like, don't be the reason why we fail. Don't be the reason why we lose our homes. Don't be the reason. Don't be that one. Don't be the one, you know, um, because this is a very, uh, this world has fomented this selfishness. Um, it's okay to tap out and be like, I'm not ready yet. I'm mm -hmm. not ready yet. Let me, let me get my together and I'll come back in, but leave space for me to come back in. But don't be the one yeah. that, you know, I'm, I'm going to be here. And, and then, you know, damn well, you ain't ready for the, you're not ready. Uh, Robert in Chicago has been holding on eight six six eight zero one eight two five five. Hi, Robert. Hey, Karen. You know, um, I love your show and you Thank picking you. up on that uh, song was just great. I just felt that women have power that is not shown to the fullest all the time. And you mentioned going back in history to uh, the Greeks and Lysistrata and uh, bringing about the end to the uh, to the, the Greek wars. But there was another one that was in Colombia that was kind of funny. Um, the women stopped the gang members from fighting, right. and they had the name of their strike was uh, La Huelga de las Piernas Cruzadas, the strike of the cross legs. <laughs> and they caused the gang members to stop fighting. Can so there imagine? was a power there. Yeah. And it's not like women are saying, you man are going to be denied um, the, the fruits of, um, of me. But you're saying we both are going to have to uh, suffer for this until you realize what you're doing is stupid. And so uh, I think it, it's, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful way to bring about social change. I think, uh, thank you, Robert, for that. Now I'm going to look up, now I'm going to go down a rabbit hole. Uh, but can you imagine, like, not the military, Shelly, but the women, <laughs> like, no more, no, too many people died. Stop it. I think Mexico, there was like a group of older women that went into the streets and formed like a barrier between the gangs at some point. Also shut that nonsense down. Uh, it's interesting, you know, <laughs> the power mm -hmm. that we have when we step into it. And I feel like that, not just as a woman, but as a black person, like there's so much power that we have that we abdicate on a regular basis because we just don't know that we have it so i'm here to let you know speaking of power uh shelly williams went from an actress to someone who said i can do more um and started directing and producing and her latest uh will be a revival of aida 
we talked about this briefly when you came uh, in mm-hmm. with a twist. So when is this going to be out? Where can we go to see it? And what's the twist? So Aida is going to come out. It's actually going to open in Holland first. What? Because yes, um, we're still getting back on our feet here on Broadway and, and you know, nationally. Um, so the show is actually going to first open in Holland and then it'll probably go to London before it comes back to New York. Um, but we open in February and in this version of Aida and we're doing the Elton John, Tim Rice Aida. Um, the entire cast are people of color. Um, Yay! Because I hated that. I told you last time that weird singing when I went to see it with uh, Deborah Cox and it had this white boy playing an Egyptian. I just sat there with my face screwed the whole time. And every time he opened his mouth, I was like, boo! I was like, inside. I was like, no, no, no. So you're, you're, you're doing it properly. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Now when we do it, you know, when we do it in America, it'll be all black folks. And what we're doing in Holland, it's all people of color because it's a little bit harder to get all black folks over there, but there's, there's a lot of people of Turkish descent and, and there are some African, you know, nationals who are there. So, but the, the whole cast is people of color and we're telling it where we are really um, went back in history and, and what tried to redo the way that Nubia has been told in history and really making sure that we're not treating Nubia like it was subservient to Egypt. And in many ways, it was equal, if not, you know, Nubian leaders ruled Egypt for over 100 years. So I'm setting the show in the 25th dynasty when Nubia was the superpower that we who know history know it to be. And that you know, when we kind of restore, reinstated the Kandake instead of Aida having, you know, the father king, the Kandake is based off of Manakasheto, uh, the famous warrior queen who uh, led the army and defeated Egypt. So we've gone back and, and made some, I think some really necessary changes to this show. So Shelly, as you're talking, we just uh, saw Viola Davis in the woman King number one movie. And mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, it's not historically accurate. That's fine. We, you know, there's a, a, a legend that the Kandake faced uh, Alexander the great and he didn't want any of that smoke. And it was the one place that he could not dominate and conquer. So he turned his little ass around and went on back to his business of world domination, except for this place right here, because those women on those elephants were not having it. Why not that story as well? Listen, I'm all for that story. Somebody wants to write that story. I'm happy to, I'm happy to direct it. Let me tell you, because we we don't see the one, the reason why I love being in the entertainment industry and being a change maker is that we have to begin to see our stories not just, you know, read the footnotes and there's certainly not enough books about them, but the entertainment industry has a large influence on how we perceive ourselves and each other. And so really infiltrating that network and beginning to socialize our history and our stories through that, knowing that some of these stories will be fictionalized because every story we hear about white folks isn't true either, right? Yes. So- so knowing that some of these fables and some of these stories that we are hearing are becoming a part of the canon lifts our, ele- elevates our, the way that we see ourselves, allows us to fantasize about heroes and legends. And that's important too. So, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. I, I can't wait to tell more stories and I'm always looking for new ways for, you know, 
for all of us to see each other in new and exciting ways and to imagine each other in new ways. It is so important. Okay, my favorite play of all time. I think it is my favorite play of all time because it's the first play I ever saw, The Wiz. The Wiz, because, you know, can we can we feel up you know like it's come on don't nobody bring me no bad news let's let's go let's go shelly what what's happening with the whiz it's coming back it's coming back it's coming back it's coming to broadway in 2024 ah and and i am directing the production and it is fire i was on a meeting about it yesterday and it's gonna be fire wait a minute wait a minute so because stephanie mills y'all found they found her you know they found her that's right she was a little she wasn't famous and i feel like you know we do this too much we go for the famous person instead of like the person that that can blossom into that you know stephanie mills bodied that dorothy then they did the movie with diana ross who you know damn well she went you know i i I like that one too but i'm no disrespect Mm -hmm. that's quincy you know i appreciate y'all but barry gordy i mean but yeah this uh are you gonna do a search for dorothy or is this gonna be uh somebody famous no we're gonna do search for dorothy because i I want her to be you know i I don't want a Dorothy that's going to be, you know, 12, 13 years old. I actually, the way that we're constructed as Dorothy, she's going to be 16, 17 years old. Um, Because I think there's a lot of themes in this story of what it means to find yourself, what it means to feel like you don't belong, what it means to find your tribe. You know, there's a lot of things that, that this young person is overcoming that I feel like is very relevant for young people today. But I'm excited to meet who this young woman is that's going to um, become the dream come true for many young Black girls like myself. Mm. The Wiz was the first show that I saw that I felt like I saw myself on stage and made me believe that the career I have now was even possible. I I can't wait for that show to do that for some other young Black girl. Okay, we're going to talk several times before that. And finally, The Notebook. <laughs> uh, one of, you know, it's a classic, The Notebook. I still watch mm-hmm. it and cry. I still cry. I still cry. Yep. Even though I know me how it's going to end. I'm like, Gee, why? How did Nicholas Sparks get me again? What? But you, Shelly Williams, are doing The Notebook. On, and where where is this going to be? On a, as a play. So The Notebook is a musical and it is currently running in Chicago at the Chicago Shakespeare Festival. Uh, we have our press night this Thursday. So it is, it is hot off the presses. Um, I co-directed it with my dear friend, Michael Greif. And Michael and I have known each other for 25 years. He did Rent, he did Next to Normal, he did Dear Evan Hansen. Um, we've partnered together on this show and the music's by Ingrid Michaelson, book by Becca Brunstetter. It is beautiful. And we've worked really hard to ensure that everyone can see themselves in this story that is so universal. So our casting is intentionally diverse. And we have created, you know, when you see a Black person on stage, they're not just telling a whitewashed story. We're making sure that when they are when they are on stage, that there is a true belonging for them in this space. Mm. For that reason, we move the time period of the show to the 60s, 70s, and present day um, because we wanted for our Latinx members and Black members to be authentic in their representation in the show and not have 
you know, a black and white couple and then have to justify why they're together in the thirties, you know? Right. So, so we've made some changes in the show that I think give it new life and allow it to be authentic in its representation whenever our cast is on stage. I'm loving this. Uh, normally I don't like blackface versions of white people's stories, but you know, you are doing something. If Shelly Williams is doing it, I know that uh, I know what the mission is. And, uh, and it's, and it's not that because we right. have, that's what I'm know, saying. I know if you're yeah. doing it, it is going to be on point because you, you got the assignment early and you have not disappointed. <laughs> uh, so I want to ask you to keep coming back. Uh, we have a lot to talk about, including your legacy uh, as we get to the holiday season. So I want you to come back. Will you come back? Always, Karen. Always. Happy to be in conversation with you. Oh, I love it. I love you. Your Legacy, get the book. If you're starting a library for your child or a child in your life, this book is a must-have. And everything else that she's doing, we're going to keep talking about it. Shelly Williams, uh, thank you so much for being here again. And you can go to Shelly, S-H-E-S-C-H-E-L-E, Williams.com, ShellyWilliams.com. 